Alright, um, today is November 26th, and it's Thanksgiving. I just wanted to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, and I hope that you're doing well. Um, and I pray that you're with your family, and you're having good and blessed, uh, blessed times, uh, with those, uh, the ones you will love. And, uh, that you're connecting with everybody on a, a deeper level, um, and sharing your, your time with them. But uh, I just wanted to uh, start a new podcast again today and go over uh, what I think is probably a fairly important topic that I don't think um, many people are, are talking about. Um, and I'd rather get the information out there as quickly as possible and kind of uh, spread that information out so more people are aware of it and uh, can start to... Uh, move in accordance with these cycles that we move through um, as far as space and time is concerned and while we're hurtling through the galaxies uh, or through the universe on our, our spaceship known as Earth um, into these different, uh, different uh, things in the galaxy and stuff that we're a part of. But uh, I wanted to start off and say... Um, If you haven't already, I would uh, strongly recommend that you get the streaming program known as Gaia, uh, mainly because there's a lot, and I mean a lot, of good information on there that goes into uh, how energy, how how to perceive subtle energy and awaken subtle energy uh, uh, centers within your body, as well as the history behind a lot of the ancient teachings uh, as far as from the East and like uh, in the Hindu tradition, where most of uh, what was um, important as far as uh, our cyclical timing and uh, understanding the cycles of time uh, were maintained. And um, I'm going to go over that in detail at this time. Um, And I'll probably also go over another book that details into... um, what's known as Alcyone, which is technically our, our mother uh, galaxy that we're a bigger part of, um, that we're moving into. Um, so <clears throat> to uh, kind of go a little bit further into it, uh, the Gaia program, I think it's like $10 a month or something like that or whatever. I went ahead and just paid for the year at the beginning, near the beginning of this year or whatever, and I would say it's probably the most important $100 I ever spent. Um, and you can stream and get through this and binge watch a lot of different stuff on there and get through it fairly quickly. And I would recommend that you go through these first few things whenever you stop by on there. And that would be, uh, the structure of space and time. And so this goes over the yuga cycles and, uh, how these cycles technically influence the state of our, um, development, and stuff like that. So everything goes through its highs and its lows, just like our life is, you know, we have bouts of depression, and then we also have very uh, exciting times happening to us. And this is uh, necessary for our growth, so we can learn certain lessons and go through certain things that need to happen in order for us to reach a certain uh, point of understanding and have that experience for uh, the universe and for uh, God himself, technically. So, uh, we'll just, uh, I'll, I'll briefly touch on, like, uh, I talked about, uh, Samuel on War, uh, last time, 
in uh, his book known as The Aquarian Message. And I think, like I said, you could probably find a PDF file on that. But uh, I wanted to go over, he has a thing at the very end of the book in the epilogue where he goes over Alcyone and how we're moving into that uh, those uh, higher energy fields that are technically influencing how we're coming into this uh, knowledge and stuff. So as we moved closer into these higher energy fields, things like the, uh, the Enlightenment era as far as, or like the Renaissance era, as we move closer into these cycles and further into these cycles, into these higher uh, energy states, we are... Uh, we find and discover higher knowledge and consciousness that allows us to understand things much more uh, in depth um, and and closer to uh, perceiving the truth of reality. Um, so, as we we technically uh, we we go through what is known as the yuga cycles, which is uh, described in the Indian and Hindu uh, traditions as far as their teachings and how they how they talk about it. But uh, they have what are what are known as the Golden Age, uh, Silver Age, Bronze Age, and Iron Age, or the Satya Yuga, uh, Treta Yuga, Dwapara Yuga, and then the Kali Yuga. And so you've got uh, the Satya Yuga, which would be the Divine Age, which is technically like an age where there's uh, everybody can communicate uh, with one language. Uh, with one thought, and they're much more connected and peaceful, and that's why everybody kind of works in a sense of oneness, like we're all a part of one being, so you're not necessarily attached to your ego, and you're not necessarily attached to the idea that you're uh, separate from anybody else, you're just a part of the whole, and this is why we technically don't have any records of this era or this time, because everybody already technically knew all the information because they were connected with the all mind. They were connected with that uh, divine source of, uh, of energy and able to tap into um, this knowledge freely just by thinking about things. And so just like how thoughts come into our mind, it, it, it's more like you could freely access those thoughts like a, a, what are known as the Akashic records, um, which are technically like a cloud system. Um, like we have for our computers, but it's for like the actual whole universe and every bit of knowledge, everything that you ever did before and everything that you're doing now is all recorded to the exact detail, <laughs> um, in these records. So whatever's surrounding you at this moment, when you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to this podcast, anything like that is all completely uh, recorded in these records, and people could ac- access those records in the in the uh, in the golden age, um, just by thinking about it, because that's what we're all technically connected with is just thought, um, pretty much, and that's what the whole whole world is or whole universe is made out of. It's one giant brain that's all connected and able to sync up to uh, to itself to its uh, its information. Um, whenever you develop that that uh, ability to perceive that that those records and stuff, but uh, going into the uh, the Treta Yuga after that 
is whenever you start to we start to technically come out of the the golden age where we start to get a little bit deeper into uh, individualization and not so much connected as far as uh as being a one 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 whole consciousness i guess you could say and we separate into individuals um slowly um and so uh this is what's known as like uh when we're ruled over people who are i think of the the priest uh caste the priest caste um and these are the people who are still strongly connected with divinity and stuff like that but they're needed in order to help direct us on the proper path um so that we don't lose the information as far as how to understand or the how to understand these cycles and stuff like that so you have places like the Vatican and you have places like uh, the holy temples that where they safeguard this information as we move down into the Kali Yuga um age so that it can this information can be preserved and brought back into knowledge for everybody else to uh be able to uh be a part of once the golden age comes back around and so from there, you go into what's the aristocracy. And so you have the kings and rulers and stuff like that. You have like feudalism and stuff like that where people rule. Um, and this is another depreciation, watered down um, way of society. You still have that rule and everything there. But that's technically um, the substructure of the universe is hierarchy. Technically, there there are the very few who are willing to do the work in order to attain divine um, understanding um, outside of the ages where it's working against their favor. So those who want to uh, come into this divine knowledge during the Kali Yuga can do it. It's just a lot harder for them to do it than it would be during the Golden Age where the, where this information is freely given to all individuals. Um so from from that you end up going into the Kali Yuga after that which is ruled by the merchants. And so like what we're coming out of right now we're technically um instead of just freely giving things to one another and transferring um um since we can't track transactions and uh and like value given between individuals just by thought alone and that connection with one another by thought like we could in the uh, golden age. Um, you have to keep some kind of record and transaction of that with some kind of system. And so that's why the monetary system was developed in order to allow for this, this barter back and forth between individuals to be freely um, initiated and, and kept record of because we're not able to do that since we're not uh, connected with the all mind as easily in this, uh, this low ebb of energy uh, field that we've been in for a little while. Um, and then back to the golden age is technically ruled by the the shudra or the workers or the artists the people who find beauty um in creation and stuff like that and that's what the mass of all people are um a part of and that's that's who rule the golden age because it's technically for the people uh by the people and always for everyone to be freely a part of um so it's technically one for all kind of thing where everybody has a piece of the uh, divine understanding and it's not just to uh, the sacred few who would allow that to be preserved during the times of um, of great trial, stuff like that during the Kali Yuga.
But uh, going a little bit further into this, uh, going back to Samuel on Weor, he uh, he was a Westerner technically, but uh, he had uh, understanding as far as like the Eastern teachings were concerned, and uh, was uh, very knowledgeable about those things as well. But uh, he was talking about how we technically entered um, the Aquarian Age on September or February, my bad, February fourth of nineteen sixty two. And that was like a solid uh, time period is when we entered the Aquarian Age. Um, And this is an age of a free flow of information, free flow of energy, uh, how we're able to um, develop systems and and things that allow this information and energy to get freely distributed to all beings so that they can elevate their consciousness to a higher level. So that's why you have things like the Internet. You have things like... uh, the uh, energy systems that Nikola Tesla had uh, technically came across and wanted to uh, propagate to uh, civilization, but didn't quite work out that way, um, which might have been for the better. For the be- for the better, uh, we don't know exactly having how how having just free energy just going all over the place like he he wanted to do would actually work. Um, we'd probably have to be much more conscious as, uh, of how we allowed that energy to just freely emit itself on the earth. Um, and we might have had more problems had we had that instead of it being concealed in like wires and computers and stuff like we have right now. So um, I'm not really sure how his system would have worked out, but it, it might have worked out for the better. It might not have. Um, but we could only know if we, we end up using those systems. Um, but uh, going a little bit further into this, uh, I also wanted to go over uh, Alistair Crowley who also technically said that we entered the Aeon of Horus, which is a a time of self-realization and self-actualization. Okay, and so these are the, I would say, the concepts that are uh, uh, elaborated out by Carl Jung and many other uh, speakers of this era that are trying to allow us to open ourselves to that higher divine self that we all have within and that we can connect with, which is technically just a a part and parcel of the all creator or source. Um, And so we all technically have a divine self that we need to um, reach union with. And once we reach union with that, we walk with God. We walk with, uh, with Jesus, technically, or Yeshua. We, we become Yeshua in a way. The second coming of Christ is technically the Christ within you um, and that Christ consciousness. But uh, going on a little bit, a little bit uh, more, uh, uh, I want to go back to the Gaia program. So you could go and uh, search up the structure of space and time and it'll go over the Yuga cycles and everything like that. And those, uh, and you can get through it within a day. Uh, it's really not that long and they're like 20 minute segments, but it's very dense with the amount of information that you're going to be uh, presented. Um, and you could also look up Robert Lawler and he uh, has many books and stuff that he, he wrote about the Yuga cycles and elaborated those out that you can check out. Um but another program I would recommend you go and watch as soon as possible would be Wisdom Teachings by David Wilcock, um, season 27 to season 30, okay? And that would be on Gaia as well. Uh, and I'll probably go in-depth about some of that stuff a little bit later on. But uh, right now, I'm just going to try and get this out there as quickly as possible so people are aware of it and they can start to look into it themselves and do their research and see what they think. Um 
So just like uh, if you if you look at the planet Saturn, you you see all those asteroid belts and stuff, or like the little um, rings that are around the around Saturn, technically, and that's technically how Alcyone is structured as far as the energy fields are concerned. So there's really dense fields, and then there's like very very uh, devoid fields in between. So you have like ones with a whole lot of asteroids in them, and then you have some without a whole lot in it. And so technically, we're in one of those rings right now, as far as the whole galaxy is concerned, Alcyone is concerned, where we're in a very low energy field, and there's not a whole lot of energy moving through it. But we're moving closer into um, an energy field that's going to uh, raise our consciousness and awareness of things and understanding of the universe as a whole. Uh, and I mean this as like humanity as a whole. So humanity, as far as everybody on earth right now is still coming out of the Kali Yuga and coming into the Twapara Yuga, which is known as the energy age or free, free flow of inner, uh, of information age. And this is when we start to develop the things like we have, and we're able to, uh, use things like, uh, lights and, uh, um, any any kind of energy system, so nuclear energy, um, the the like the steamboat stuff like that, where we're able to use these systems and uh, and understand how energy flows a lot easier. Um, but coming out of that, uh, we we we're just now beginning technically the Dwapara Yuga, or possibly getting uh, reset into a golden age. Uh, it's totally dependent on the decisions and stuff that we make, whether that's going to happen or not. So, just like anything, uh, we can either make the best out of this situation, giving whatever kind of energy field that we're in, we can we can turn it into whatever kind of situation we want it to be. So, during Kali Yugas, yes, the, the pull is towards being unconscious and to uh, destroy things and destroy knowledge, but there are... There are some societies that are able to set up and prepare for these cycles and these these things where they're able to prosper and flourish even during these times of uh, great trial where uh, there's going to be uh, uh, times of uh, misunderstanding and stuff like that. But uh, as we're uh, moving closer to this new energy field, we're actually... Uh, David Wilcox goes into this in season 28 of uh, Wisdom Teachings that just how the uh, the planet is technically uh, beginning to go through climate change and what they contribute climate change to, it has absolutely nothing to do with anything that we're doing on this planet as far as uh, the carbon emissions. It might actually be for our, our benefit that we... Uh, that we that we do the carbon emissions and stuff that we're doing, not pollution. So we're not trying to pollute the air or anything like that. We don't want to have a bunch of smog and stuff in the air, but having that carbon dioxide in the air will help build up our atmosphere to maybe help uh, keep us from being too um, disrupted by this energy field whenever we enter into it. Um, and so... What's technically happening is that there's much larger forces outside of our, our Earth and what we're doing on the Earth that are actually controlling any and all the heat cycles and stuff that are on the Earth itself. So the major co contributing factor to any of the heat source that's on the Earth is obviously the sun itself. The sun is what gives life to everything here on the Earth. And so everything as far as the climate is concerned and is uh, directed exactly from 
uh, whatever's happening with the sun itself and its cycles. So, and then the sun also has its its uh, ruling forces outside of itself. Like I'm saying, with these uh, the, these galaxies and stuff that are much larger than it, that have much more influence on the sun and how much energy it has or what it, it it's able to pull from. And so, uh, that's technically what's dictating whether we we have a very cold season or a very hot season, but. You can uh, look at uh, near near around like the first uh, before we really even kept record of like what was going on as far as the climate is concerned. Uh, very regularly, we were already technically coming out of a a time where the seasons and how they're actually supposed to be represented are getting uh, set out of flux. So uh, you'll have like during fall or going into autumn where it's still super hot, you know, like it's still like 90 degrees out or 100 degrees out here in Texas, you know, it's like, that should not happen. <laughs> it's it's not supposed to be like that. Or whenever we uh, come like come straight out of, of out of winter into maybe February or March or something like that, we're still supposed to be fairly cold. But every now and then you'll have like a bout of, of climate that's like at 70 or 50 degrees or something like that instead of like down in the 30s or 20s or something like that. Uh, well, it, it's usually down about like 50 degrees or 30 degrees here anyways, but not, it doesn't get that cold, uh, uh, too cold here. But um, you can you can already notice and see that how the actual seasons are supposed to be portrayed are just out of out of whack. You know, it's it's not supposed to be like that. And so we're technically as as the world begins to heat up, we're actually moving into a higher energy field. So same thing with how heat how heat works, you know, the molecules heat up themselves. And so they're moving a lot faster. Same thing. We have a higher energy field. So there's particles that are moving faster and there's a lot more of them. And so we're, we're getting bombarded with this energy as we're moving into it. And it's heating up every single planet of the solar system. So it's probably heating up the sun and then the sun itself is heating up those planets. Um, but we could also just be uh, bombarded with this energy on the planet Earth itself and everything like that. But uh, Venus is heating up, Mars is heating up, Jupiter is heating up. All the planets are heating up, and they're actually getting a lot brighter in the in the sky, and so you're able to see them a lot a lot easier and stuff like that. Um, and uh, this is this is just something that correlates with you know more light, it's more energy, I would think. Um, and so that's just, if you're seeing something that's brighter in the sky, it's technically getting some kind of energy, uh, that's allowing it to be brighter. But, uh, parting off of that and going into some of the other stuff I wanted to, uh, to talk about. So the, these cycles and, and how they depict the cycles as far as the yugas are concerned, it's technically like a map. Um, same thing with how we, we have maps and stuff. We just have it as a reference to try and help us understand it. It's not so much actually how it's going to be whenever we get there. You know what you mean? You know what I mean? So it's just something to help structure and understand how we move through these cycles in time and stuff like that. It's the map, but not the terrain. So, like I said, we could be in a Kali Yuga or something like that, or we could be in a Golden Age. And a Golden Age could be dictated by those who shouldn't be dictated by. Um, or in a Kali Yuga, it could be uh, much more prosperous than what it's supposed to be as well.
So, real quick, um, we'll move on to this other page that I have my notes on. So, um, as far as the structure of t- uh, space and time on that uh, that uh, that program on on Gaia, they go over what is known as the secret uh, cycle of years, as far as the yugas are concerned, and it has it um, pretty much set as like a, a cycle of about 60,000 years or so, okay? So you have the, you could look at the cycles themselves. I don't know if uh, if any of y'all have seen this, but you can look up what's known as the tetractus. It's the uh, a Platonic symbol that I think, uh, no, or maybe Pythagoras, or it was either Pythagoras or Plato found, uh, I think, and uh, which is knowledge and stuff that they were given from ancient Egypt and some of the ancient societies whenever they went to go and uh, speak with their people and learn from their mystery schools. And so they uh, imparted this information to them so it could have another source uh, to be preserved just in case uh, whatever happened during the Kali Yuga uh, whenever we move through that. So uh, you have... You technically have the tetractus, so you have one point at the top, and then it splits into two, and then it splits into three, and then it splits into four. And if you flip that up top of itself, so you have an upside-down triangle, uh, you have what's known as the golden age up top, which is uh, a period of four uh, cycles of 6,048 years, okay? Um, and then below that, you have the Treta Yuga, which is three periods of 6,048. Then you have two periods of 6,048, and then one period of 6,048 years. And if you kind of look at the, uh, the history of time as far as what's recorded in, in the Kali Yuga that we've gone through, um, you can see that the lowest ebb of that, uh, that Kali Yuga is right between 500 AD and 1000 AD. Um, so during that period, we technically didn't have any real good record of what happened. And you can look back, there's really not any good record of anything, you know. And that's the lowest ebb of that Kali Yuga. Um, but we technically entered it near around, uh, I want to say, 3000 BCE or something in there. And we're just now coming out of it. Um, since we're in 2020 now, uh, and we're moving into the Twapari age, uh, age, but these ages and these cycles kind of overlap over one another. So as you're moving from one, one, uh, stage into another, they kind of lap over about 500 years or so. So like whenever we started the age of of the Renaissance and stuff like that, that's when we began to start to come out of the Kali Yuga, but we're still a part of it. So that's whenever we started to get introduced to some of these energy systems and have to navigate the world and everything like that. Um, and then we were beginning to expand out of where we were in, in Europe and stuff as far as the Western world is concerned. Um, and so we uh, um, that's, that's technically that 500-year period up to now. So we're technically right now about to come straight out of the, the Kali Yuga and, and move straight into the Dwapara Yuga. But we still have a little bit more to go. And they say that, some people say that it ends in, I think, 20, 24, 20 or something like that. Or like uh, 2000, 
240 or something. I'll have to check that out again and, and make sure. But it, it's either fairly soon within the coming years or it's something later down the road. Like I said, it, it all it is is a map. And honestly, because of our, our ability to have free choice and decision, we could completely pull ourselves out of the Kali Yuga at any time or, or this lowest ebb at any time that's uh, pulling us back or we could remain in it. Um, it's totally up to our uh, the choices that we make and the, and the decisions that we do in order to uh, pull us out of this low low end of consciousness. Okay, so going a little bit uh, further on, uh, another thing that they uh, they say uh, and what they talk about is that there's going to be uh, uh, a great harvest that happens in every uh, every age or aeon. And uh, souls are harvested and taken home to their place of origin. And then the world is then seeded with a batch of new souls and the process starts over. Um, supposedly, they talk about us being either the fifth or sixth seed race. Or maybe it's the sixth or seventh seed race of this planet. So there's been other races on this planet that they talk about. Whether it be of uh, back before the Atlantean age or before even that. So... Before we were on this planet like 200,000 years ago, which is technically when we were on this planet, uh, or when we were made on on this planet, we were given life and understanding on this planet 200,000 years ago, that's when we it got seeded again, but by us, and we're either the, uh, the I think we're the sixth or fifth um, uh, seed on this, on this earth that they talk about. Um, and we're actually either coming into the extinction of the whole race or we're going to end up uh, prospering and, and being able to maintain this race while we're here. But it's, it's our decision to make sure that we start moving in a way that, that helps uh, preserve the planet and doesn't uh, depreciate it and, uh, and deplete it of its resources. Otherwise, it won't be able to maintain itself and uh, keep us safe from any external forces outside of ourselves. Um, but, uh, technically as we, uh, as we move through these cycles and stuff there, uh, it's, uh, I'm sorry, let me, let me, uh, regather my thoughts here. Technically, everything just has cycles, and so there's different ways of interpreting it. You have the Western as far as the Zodiac is concerned, so like the 12 signs of the Zodiac, you have the uh, the 12 different Zodiac signs, and we could go into that at a different time, but uh, we uh, the age of Pisces was technically dictated by whenever, uh, whenever Christ uh, or Jesus ended up uh, coming into the earth, and that's what... Uh, technically started the the age of Pisces um, coming out of the age of I believe Aries so we were in the Ram age before that and then uh, we went into the age of Pisces and now we're just now finishing the cycle of the age of Pisces going into the age of Aquarius which either started at the beginning of this century uh, at 1904 uh, when uh, Aleister Crowley kind of had his uh, his uh, conversation with his holy guardian angel or Iowas or uh, like when uh, Samuel on we are uh, talks about uh, as far as uh, us going into the age on the uh, February uh, 4th yeah of 1962 
Um, but either way, we're in the Aquarian age right now, and this is just representative of a free flow of information and energy. So same thing, we're able to uh, have this this information freely given to people, and then also the way that we're able to um, move energy is freely uh, distributed as well, where we're able to understand how these energy systems work. And so uh, actually one of the uh, things in the Bible... Uh, that uh, Christ also talks about is that one of the disciples asks him, uh, what shall we do when you're gone, technically? And, uh, you know, Jesus always talked in parables and stuff like that. And so he technically responded back to them. He said, uh, you would follow the man with the water pitcher into his house. And they didn't technically, well, they might have understood this, um, but it's supposed to be um, read into like, as the age of Pisces ends, the age of which my teachings were present, we're going to move into this new understanding, this new um, house, this new zodiacal sign, which is the age of Aquarius. And a new religious or religious understanding is going to be developed in order for people to find the proper path to God. And I'm not saying that you should just completely dismiss the the teachings of Christ because they're they have value to them. That's why we still have them. But they it's a new understanding of those teachings. There was a reason why they were depicted the way they were during the time of the Kali Yuga, so that they this teachings could be preserved in in some kind of fashion in order for it to be elaborated out and understood in a better way at a later time. And so that's for us to do right now. We're supposed to uh, look at that information, extract out of it what we're supposed to understand, and look at it from a symbolic interpretation and pick out the pieces that we can use to better understand our lives and how to get closer to divinity and God itself. So uh, if you look at any of the ancient systems, any of the ancient uh, religions or any religions, in, in, uh, you would almost always find a trinity aspect a part of it. So as far as the uh, structure of space and time, they go over uh, the aspect of consciousness itself, which is the base um, aspect of of the universe as a whole. So everything technically has some part of consciousness in it because you can consciously control these things because they're all made of the one source, the one vibration, the one the one song, which is the universe, uni being one, and then verse being song or the word, the one word, or the one vibration. So. And technically, matter itself, anything that's physical, is just the densification of sound or or a, a vibration itself. Um, so you've got, uh, like I said, the consciousness aspect, which is the central point where everything comes from, and then you have the uh, the time aspect after that, and then also space after that. So you technically need a concept of time in order to navigate space. Otherwise, you're not going to know where you are in space whatsoever. You're just going to be there, and you're going to be like, okay, well, I'm here in this place, but what time and what kind of cycle am I in? And that's why the ancients would use astrology and use the stars to understand exactly what kind of time period they were in. And so if they were uh, reincarnated into a body um, on the planet or something like that, they could use uh, whatever methods they wanted to as far as like Stonehenge 
or uh, some of the other megalithic structures in ancient Egypt and everything like that, where they would chart the stars, and from looking at these stars, they would look at the uh, the uh, those zodiacal signs. And so, if you look at the zodiacal signs, there's a reason why they have the some some uh, symbolical stuff behind it because it gives a an understanding of the influences that are on the Earth and where you're at depending on how they line up with the procession of the equinoxes and the sun uh, during like the vernal equinox and when the sun rises. So as the sun rises over the horizon, if you go and look now, uh, you will see the star constellation of Aquarius going over the horizon during the vernal equinox. Okay, and so that that technically means that we're in that age of the Aquarian age. Because because during that procession of the equinox, you can see that happening, and uh, you know that that kind of influences on the planet, um, and that's what's depicting the era and stuff that in which you live, and so that's what these ancients would do, or these people who were technically um, indigo children, or people who had a connection with divinity above, and had access to these to this information in order for them to understand what time period they were in so that they could um, either give that information to the people um, so that they could record it down and everything and also just for them to understand what kind of situation they were in as far as like the the higher energy fields and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy once you get into uh, most of the studies of this stuff how how the ancients understood so much more than we'll ever understand right now um, until we connect with a higher source and with our uh, higher self. And so another aspect that's also uh, talked about as far as the uh, um, the yoga cycles are concerned is that the uh, you you know you look at the biblical ages and stuff like that and you look at uh, some of the men who were as lived as long as like 600 years or something like that. And that would be people who are actually in the golden age. And so these are people who understood their energy centers of the body, of the human body, and they were able to retain this energy to their body and not allow it to deplete them whatsoever. So technically like how the sun reacts, it's always emitting and generating energy. It's never technically depleting itself. It's almost always... Uh, recycling or pulling energy in in order to be a constant generator to everything else and give life to the planets. But the planets themselves just absorb this energy. They don't really uh, emit a whole lot. Um, I mean, you do have the magnetic and electric fields of the actual Earth itself, or the magnetic fields, which which is technically what the gravity and stuff uh, is uh, on our bodies, is what holds us to the Earth or the core of the Earth or the top of the Earth, is that magnetic a force that pulls us down. Um, and the uh, the sun also has these magnetic and electric uh, um, forces, but it has more electric, so it, it, it emits this energy out to the uh, other planets and stuff like that. And then you have the planets around them that are magnetic, more magnetic, magnetic in nature, where they absorb this energy until they become a sun themselves. Um, so, after after this... Uh, okay, so with that with that golden age, and so the biblical ages and stuff like that, you you know, there's people who lived to be like 600 or something like that. That would be people who were living in the golden age or coming out of the golden age, going into the silver age. Okay, and these are people who who would who retain that energy, 
And this would be any energy that your body technically creates. And this means any fluids that your body makes, you would technically retain that that takes a whole lot of energy for your body to create. So this would be any of the sexual fluids and stuff that you hold in your body. If you emit or fornicate or allow this fluid to leave your body, you're technically um, depleting yourself of vitality and you're also um, slowly killing yourself. But if you retain this, this energy and you cultivate this energy and you allow it to um, technically like a reactor, you allow it to just kind of build up and build up and build up, um, you actually vitalize your body and you're uh, uh, able to allow yourself to uh, live longer, technically. Because you're not depleting yourself of energy like most people do. So if you hold this energy in and you don't allow it to be depleted, you're able to, uh, to remain young um, and supple, technically, and live a long, long age. And so there's some people, at least within the Kali Yuga, that have been recorded to live at least 200 years or more. Um, but this is also because they were working as far as their heart connection is concerned. They would work uh, in a loving nature. And because you, uh, you live in a compassionate and loving kind of uh, environment and mindset, you're always cultivating that, uh, that healing aspect on yourself. So if you try and make sure that you're not um, uh, thinking negative things or, or wanting to hurt other people or anything like that, if you're just wanting to be loving, you will end up uh, living a much longer and, and happy life. And so another thing is since we don't technically know about these energy centers of the body, so you don't know about the chakra systems or anything like that, that none of those teachings are given in any of the Abrahamic tradition. They completely just don't even talk about any of that stuff. But you do need that love and devotion towards God, which is something that I feel like is, is, is something that's really uh, good about the aspect of these religions, that they really make sure that you try and um, focus on the love and devotion aspect towards divinity because that's the central aspect of all religions. You want to have that love and devotion towards God before anything else. Um, and so I think that's the reason why they don't talk about any of these other things as far as the energy is concerned uh, outside of their esoteric circles. Um, so like the uh, if, you, if you wanted to go to a tradition that technically goes over these esoteric teachings, it would be more on the Orthodox Christian um, tradition. And so they still practice a lot of these ancient things as far as like or traditional things as far as... Uh, uh, how these esoteric symbols and stuff are, are conveyed and the reason behind doing these acts of rituals and stuff. But if you look at anything that's within the Western world as far as how we uh, talk about religion and stuff like that, it's it's really watered down and we don't really go over the many aspects in which you need to really understand God and how to be one with God. So uh, in the uh, Golden Age... The average age that people live is about 400 years, is what they say. So these are people who live in the golden age who know and understand how to hold and retain this energy in their body so that they're able to live longer. And this is the mass of humanity. So almost everybody in humanity would live 400 years during this golden age. Um, 
and those who understand this completely and understand how to hold this energy in and also be a generator would live much longer periods of time or just be immortal, unable to die um, as far as consciousness is concerned. They're still able to retain their consciousness upon death after the physical death. So you have people in the golden age who are 400 years uh, old, and then you also have uh, once it gets a little bit watered down after that in the Silver Age, and then people uh, last about 300 years uh, for the average. And then you have going into the Dwapara Yuga, which is technically what we have records of. That's what we have records of as far as like the Bible and stuff is concerned and everything like that. People only really understood that uh, most of the people would live about 200 years. And now we're in a stage where most people only live 100 years here in the Kali Yuga. So you only ever hear about people living up to about 100 or 115 now. But it's slowly climbing. It's slowly climbing because we're able to uh, have better nutrition. And we have uh, 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 infrastructure in place in order to make sure that people's health is still retained. But we kind of um, don't necessarily... I mean, it's it's good, these external things that help us uh, with our health as far as, like, the healthcare system is concerned with the drugs and everything like that. I mean, yeah, they're good for the effects, but it does absolutely nothing for the actual cause itself. And so, like I said, if you're not thinking positive things, if you're not saying positive things, if you're not keeping yourself in a positive mindset and you're always stressed, you're always thinking negative things, it's going to have a negative detriment on the body. Okay, and so that's the same thing with water uh, I went over yesterday. If you say negative things or think negative things or play like heavy metal music next to water, it completely disrupts the water and uh, changes the structure of it to where it's not able to hold a perfect structure like it should. And so if you were to expose that water to like John Lennon's Imagine or something that's really beautiful like the classical music of Mozart or Beethoven, you'll see that the crystalline structure of that water would completely change. It would be perfect in shape and form like it's supposed to be, and it would crystallize like it's supposed to. So same thing. If you're always saying negative things with negative intent around you or around other people, you're having a negative uh, impact on their life, and you're, you're making sure that their health is not... Uh, going to be maintained as easily as it would. But because we're moving into these higher energy fields and we're able to understand uh, at least a little bit about how the body works and how these energy fields work, we're able to maintain our vitality a little bit longer and the uh, human body a little bit longer for us to live to about 200. And I think that's what most of the generations within this coming generation and the generation after are going to be able to do. They're going to be able to live to about 200 years of age uh, on average. Um, as long as we... Uh, allow this information to be freely given to people and uh, we're able to connect with the all mind in a way where we're able to keep this information and uh, freely distribute it to the civilizations and stuff that are still here. And what's uh, more than likely going to happen as far as us moving into this higher energy field is that there's going to be a solar flare. There's going to be a massive solar flare that's going to end up having some kind of negative detriment to the planet itself. Um, I don't know if it's just going to knock out a power grid or everything that we have technological-wise, but it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. Some people say that it might happen on the 21st of December this year. I don't know that that's going to happen, but it, it may very well happen. Who knows? 
Um, but all you can do is try and prepare yourself. And I think the best way to do that is to practice that breathing exercise I, I mentioned in the previous podcast. So please do that every single day if you can and try and develop your, um, your threshold and ability to withstand energy um, by breathing in a whole lot of this pranic energy into your sphere so that you can hold more and more of it. And you won't get overloaded with it whenever we hit this solar flare and uh, be uh, overrun by this energy to where it makes you crazy or makes you do whatever kind of crazy stuff, you know, because you'll be able to remain calm and centered whenever this energy hits you. So, uh, like I said, I don't know that it's going to happen in December, but there's many theories that are being thrown out there right now as far as it possibly happening on the 21st of December, which is going to be at the winter solstice. Um, so, uh, another thing that kind of lines up is that a few years ago, the, uh, the closest star to us in, in light years is about 4.2 or 4.25 years, which is Proxima Centauri. And it actually had a solar flare happen about, uh, three years ago, three, four years ago. And so it's about four, <laughs> 4.25 light years away from our planet. So it's it's seeming like we're probably going to enter this this high energy field pretty quickly, pretty pretty soon, uh, because that star ended up having some kind of solar flare happening off in the distance, and it was the brightest thing in the in the in the sky during the month of, month of March or April, I think, is when it happened in twenty seventeen, twenty seventeen, I think, or maybe it was twenty sixteen. It was some some time in there. It was it was a little while back. So it was either 2016 or 2015 or 2017, but it's it's coming close that we're we're moving um, in a way that's going to end up uh, probably have uh, some kind of uh, effect on our planet fairly soon. And I just want to get this information out so people can listen to it and dissect it and study it for themselves so that they can try and understand these things a little bit better um, and help uh, other people understand it too, just in case... Uh, the whole power grid goes down for whatever reason. So, uh, just like the uh, like the Trinity I was speaking about earlier, you have consciousness, time, and space. As far as what they go into, as far as the structure of space and time on that video, but uh, you have like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. As far as the Christian tradition or the Abrahamic traditions are are concerned, and then in the uh, ancient Egypt, you would have Osiris, which would be the father, uh, Horus, which would be the son. And then you have Isis, which would be the Holy Spirit or that mother, that uh, divine mother aspect, which gives form to all things and also um, gives life to all things, I guess you could say. Well, Osiris gives life and then uh, Isis would give form to those things. And then in the uh, Hindu tradition, you would have the Brahma or the creator aspect. And I think uh, Vishnu is the destroyer or disintegration aspect. And then you have Shiva, which is the uh, preserver and uh, uh, preserver. I may have Vishnu and Shiva mixed up, but um, that's the trinity of the Hindu tradition. And uh, Brahma would technically represent space. Vishnu would uh, represent consciousness. And then Shiva would represent time as far as that other trinity is concerned. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything I wanted to go over real quick. But you can also see how these cycles are also depicted in our lives, as, uh, like our human life. So if you try and separate your life into seven-year cycles, 
there's a reason why our our teeth falls out at the age of seven. It's because we're coming in to, out of that toddler age and 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 growing that new set of teeth. We're 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 going in that next uh, stage of evo- uh, evolution, I guess. And then you also have. Uh, your your age of fourteen, where you're coming into puberty, and then the, those sexual energies end up start to be uh, created um, and cultivated in you, and then after that you have the twenty first, and then on and on after that in in uh, stages of seven. Uh, you you technically the entire structure of your body changes every seven years, or they say like your your taste buds change every seven years or something like that. It's it's technically true because every cell of your body would have been completely changed by that point, and you're a totally different person. You're a totally different thing, um, even though you're technically the same soul in that body. Your body is a completely different thing. So that's technically why we would have certain initiations at those those points as well as far as the cycles are concerned so you would have some kind of initiation into knowledge as far as the seven years is concerned and then you would also have 13 and 14 you'd have some kind of initiation and then on our 21st birthday would there would there would be another initiation into some kind of knowledge or something like that but we're not taught these things um to give to our children nowadays and that and that's a a very detrimental stuff uh, de- detrimental thing to our society because we have a bunch of people who have grown up that are still like children. They haven't gone through the initiation things that they need to go through in order to understand life and how uh, we're supposed to live it and move towards divinity, I feel like. Or to live your truth and in accordance with the source and its expression uh, that it wants to share to the world through you. Um, but yeah, that's the same thing with like how they would do in Roman times whenever they would uh, send their, their young men into the wilderness to uh, go through a, a type of initiation where they had to survive. So you know, any of the Roman warriors and stuff like that, they would send their 13-year-old or 14-year-old child after they've trained them in combat and survival skills to go out into the wilderness for a certain amount of time, I would think like 40 days, and try to bring something back, bring some kind of trophy back um, so that they were um, prepared for the world around them. And... Um, had assimilated all those aspects of themselves. Like they know that there's there's harsh things in the world that are going to take you over if you allow them, but you need to pre- be prepared for those things. You need to be, you shouldn't be nice. You shouldn't be nice. Nice is something like you're, you're, you're something without any kind of teeth. You're something that doesn't have any way to try and defend itself from anything. Honestly, you, you don't. You're not prepared. You're naive, technically. Nice and naive kind of line up a little bit. Um, but if you're kind or an actual gentleman, um, you can only really be a gentleman after you've become a man. So <laughs> that's that's another thing. I feel like uh, we're 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 just not taught to be men. We're not we're not taught to cultivate that uh, that masculine energy that helps uh, maintain the structure of society and protect. Uh, what we've built, you know, um, a lot of people think that whatever situation in their end is completely dependent on other people, but it, it's just not, it's not, it, it has everything to do with your, uh, participation in the whole society as, con- uh, as in a whole, like you, you need to, if you, if you see something that's wrong about society, one, you need to fix yourself before you try to fix anything else, but once you've gotten yourself in a good state, in a, in a place where you could be of help and not just tear everything down, 
you could help to uh, give yourself uh, a purpose, and, and that's to help build up society and maintain it because what we've built here is something that's good for everybody, but we need to understand that it's made us way too comfortable, and we need to understand that it's not going to be it's not going to be here forever, and unless we make sure that we're prepared to keep it. So that's pretty much everything I wanted to go over with, and uh, there's a few more things that they talk about uh, as far as that uh, series is concerned, but I'll allow you to go into that yourself. But uh, another thing on the Bible right before I go is that there's a reason why most people don't technically understand what's trying to be conveyed by the Bible, and everything is technically written in a symbolic interpretation. There's underlying understanding behind any of the scriptures that it's trying to convey to those who are written in and understood about the symbology or sim- symbolical symbols that it's trying to convey. So same thing with, like I said about Jesus saying, follow the man with the water pitcher into his house. That's something esoteric uh, that they would convey to the disciples that tells them, hey, whenever the Piscean age ends, we're moving into the Aquarian age. So they would know to what to expect as far as these the cycles of time and what would be the influences on the planet. But um, there's a reason why the uh, Bible, or at least the most uh, uh, popular one, is the King James Version. It's, it's a book by kings, made for kings, and those who understood kingship. Um, and that's what Jesus was also trying to hand down to the rest of civilization, uh, the way that you could make yourself into your own personal king. And that's by uh, making communion with God yourself. You don't have any other person in between you and God. It's uh, because you're just one, one droplet from the ocean of the source, and you're an expression of that source. And you can allow that source to move through you. Um you just have to want to connect with that source and know the proper way to do it. So, um, but if, if you would, you could also check out uh, Manly Palmer Hall's book, which is known as How to Understand Your Bible. And he goes into depth as to how to interpret some of the scriptures and everything like that. And he has a lot of other books and things that he talks about on YouTube that I would recommend you go and check out whenever you get a chance because it will help open up your understanding as far as those religious texts are concerned and uh, get you to where you understand these things a lot more in depth. So, But uh, thank you for your time, and I hope you have a blessed day, and I hope to see you soon. So. Uh, Know that I'm sending love, light, and prayers your way, and you have a great day.